When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto... Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at TevraPet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, your host, Arden Moore. There's this mysterious respiratory illness impacting dogs in some states. And here today, we are so fortunate to help us separate fact from swirling rumors is one of the country's leading veterinarians working on this issue. Please welcome to our show, the chair from the University of Florida's Shelter Medicine Department, Dr. Cinda Crawford. Welcome, welcome, Dr. Crawford. Thank you very much for having me. You never get a break, do you? There's always something bubbling up in the world of our pets and our health. I want to give a little backstory to you because tell us about how long you've been a veterinarian and been at the University of Florida, which is one of the most renowned veterinary schools in the country. I have been a practicing veterinarian for <laughs> 34 years is almost too much for me to count. And okay. I have been at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine for 25 years now. So let's get into it because I'm seeing so many different reports. And I've got to tell you, years ago, I was an investigative reporter for the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel. And the best advice, Dr. Crawford, I ever got from an editor. He says, Arden, he had that voice. If your mother tells you she loves you, check it out. So that's why I'm coming to you. It's separating rumor from substantiated facts. So I want to dive in. First of all, I hear this condition, this respiratory illness being called different names and also being said, well, no, it's not new. Ah, can we start? Can you help? Can you give us some clarity for what you know you as fact? All right. Well, I think uh, most um, uh, dog owners know the term kennel cough. Yeah. Uh, that's the most commonly used phrase uh, to describe a dog with a new cough and probably sneezing and a runny nose. 
and they t- probably most dog owners have had kettle cough in one of their dogs over the years. And it's usually picked up when dogs are co-housed together okay. or they uh, congregate together in some sort of social setting. So this would be like dog park, boarding, dog daycare center, groomers. If you have a pack that goes on dog walks frequently, those sorts of activities where you have dogs coming from all parts of the community. Yeah unknown health status and they're all together nose to nose sharing the same and we can say butt to butt come on nose to butt yeah nose to butt that's canine hello so we've got that bubbling right there so how would you right now in the stages of what you know what is this because it's all over the headlines the pet uh, dog owners and veterinarians alike are used to kennel cough every day of the year so it's it's the most common respiratory disease in dogs. It's an infectious disease. Okay. And it can be due to many viruses, just like viruses that cause the cold, common cold in people. So we have many dog-specific viruses that can cause a respiratory infection, and we have a couple of uh, bacteria that also uh, can cause a respiratory infection. So it's a syndrome with many possible causes, not one cause. And okay. we're very used to it, dealing with it every day of the year. And we also expect for there to be spikes in the okay. numbers of dogs that become acutely ill with cough, sneezing, or runny nose at this time of year. Generally, following the Labor Day weekend, which kind of uh, starts all, a whole series of Holiday associated boarding, you know, a lot of dog day, dog daycare center visits, a lot of social events for dogs in the community. Yeah. So typically that causes a spike in uh, sick dogs every year. What we are hearing from veterinarians on the front lines, mm-hmm. and this is undisputed is that they are seeing more numbers of sick dogs than they typically do or would expect to see this time. So that's an undisputed fact. Okay. Uh, And they're also reporting that many dogs are sicker than normal, than again, they're used to dealing with. And they are seeing more cases of actual pneumonia in some dogs. And unfortunately, there have been deaths from the pneumonia. So that is what has raised the alarm. They're seeing more numbers of dogs sick than usual. Some of the dogs are progressing to pneumonia that can be life-threatening. And they also report that the dogs with pneumonia are not really responding to the typical treatment that's provided in that situation. So this has created a very intense media interest. Well, come on, Doc. We love our dogs. <laughs> yes. So what has happened is we there's now the thought that maybe 
these this these increased numbers and sicker than usual is associated with some mysterious pathogen causing the illness that we do not know about. And so that's where sort of the fact and fiction story breaks down. Okay. Okay. But you have been on some pretty heavy duty platforms. I did listen to the webcast that you all had and it was featuring you and a veterinarian from UC Davis and one from the University of Galp, which is in Ontario. So it's big enough that you big time people in shelter medicine and beyond and epidemiology, you're being called on like I'm doing right now. So what's going, I mean, so we're scared, I think. I think initially um, there wasn't much diagnostic testing of these uh, dogs um, that were becoming sick with a respiratory infection or they were presenting to their veterinarian at a time frame that was beyond the diagnostic window. I mean, to diagnose the causes of these respiratory infections, we need to get swabs. And everybody's familiar with swabs. Oh, yeah, we have swabs. From COVID, <laughs> but we do the same sort of sample collection from uh, dogs with respiratory infections. But those swabs have to be collected in the first four days of illness, not oh. day seven, day 10, or day 14. So there initially wasn't much opportunity for proper diagnostic testing. And the thing that I think has been a positive outcome of the veterinarians reporting and the media picking up on the reports is that many veterinary diagnostic laboratories have reached out to the veterinarians on the food to help with sample collection and testing. Everyone, we're speaking with Dr. Cinda Crawford. She's from the University of Florida. Her wheelhouse is shelter medicine. And we're going to dive in more after we take this break. You all know the drill. We got to sit, stay. We'll be right back. Ever wonder why dogs do what we'll call those interesting things they do? Then Arden Moore's new book, The Dog Behavior Answer Book, is perfect for you. Online now at Amazon.com and, of course, our website, FourLeggedLife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and they're finally here. Arden has two new books. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here, unleashing my latest books to help you better understand why your pets are doing what they're doing. The books are called The Dog Behavior Answer Book and The Cat Behavior Answer Book. Does your dog have you begging for answers? Are you confounded by your cat's actions? You have questions. I have the answers. The books are in a question and answer format. So make sure to get your paws on the Dog Behavior Answer Book and the Cat Behavior Answer Book. Available now at Amazon.com, other great book outlets, and of course, our website, fourleggedlife.com. Paws up. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am very honored to have as a guest on my show, a distinguished veterinarian. Her name is Dr. Cinda Crawford. She's from the University of Florida. And we're talking about this mysterious respiratory illness and how everybody is trying to get a handle on it. And the headlines, just in your turf, south in Florida, Palm Beach County, their animal care and control had recently said, we're, we're not accepting any more pets. I talked with Susie Goldman from the Tri-County Animal Rescue Group. She's not accepting any more dogs right now because they don't want to risk spreading whatever this is to the resident animals that may be pregnant, old, flat-faced, have a respiratory issues. I mean, that's pretty serious to have Two places in one county say, we got to be cautious. What's your take on that? Well, I am working with the shelter in Palm Beach County that has recently limited admission of more dogs into the shelter. And the veterinarians in that shelter have identified a cause of some of the death of three dogs this week. Yeah from a very rapid onset pneumonia that the dogs died from within a matter of hours. And this is a very characteristic story for a bacterial species called Streptococcus zooepidemicus. We call it Strepzo for short. And we have known for years, myself, going back to 2005, that this particular bacteria, Strepzo, if it is introduced into the dog population housed in shelters, it can cause several cases of this very fatal pneumonia in in dogs. So it spreads. It's like, is it bleeding in the lungs? or Yes, what? it does. And the dogs die from what we call hemorrhagic pneumonia. So there is bleeding into the lungs, and this effectively, they die from suffocation. They can't that's, exchange that's air so sad. in the lungs. It, yes. It's very sad. But it happens without warning. There's no prior warning that they have it. The only thing you notice is they go from looking great, healthy, to having very difficult breathing, and then dead. They were named Mimi, Marcus, and Africa, and they right. were ages two, three, and eight. So these were young, relatively young dogs about medium to large size. Yes, that were not sick before they presented with difficulty breathing. So this is very characteristic of streps in, in the shelter dog population. Our program ha- is used to working with one to two shelters per year that have strep zone problems in the dog population. Okay. I am up to nine shelters this year. Wow. And we'll pick up another one next week. So that's 10, all of which are spread across the country. All of these strepso cases in these nine shelters today have been confirmed by diagnostic testing. 
And so I'm alarmed by the fact that it's, it's just like ex- exploded in the shelter dog population for some unknown reason that we're trying to identify well, uh, why all of a sudden this bacteria is spreading so efficiently uh, 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 across the country. In addition, now, and can I ask you this? So a bacteria versus a viral, there right. you can't have an antibiotic, right? That will help it, right? If it's bacteria. Oh, it is, since it's oh. bacteria. Okay, that's where you it, that's it, why it, you it, got the DVM after your name. Clarify. Right. <laughs> bacteria are susceptible to being killed by antibiotics. Okay. Viruses are not. Uh and the um of course, the strepso is susceptible to certain antibiotics that we use in veterinary medicine. But really, by the time you notice a dog is having problems breathing, it's too late to rescue them with antibiotic therapy. So it's not just a shelter dog situation anymore. It seems to even have spilled over or at yeah. least moving into the pet dog population. What are some do's and don'ts that we can exercise cautiously without panicking to have our dogs get enriched but not be risk of getting strepso. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the word panic because the intense media reporting yeah. has really stirred up fear and panic in dog owners and they feel paralyzed about what to do with their dogs. So don't panic. Please realize that the vast majority of dogs with a respiratory infection recover fairly quickly without any complication. The proportion that develop pneumonia is very small. Okay. And those that develop pneumonia, the proportion that die is is even smaller. So Um, when people like I do, I keep up to date on the vaccines. So my dogs, you know, they've got Bordetello, leptospirosis, the core vaccines. So one message is make sure your dog is up to date. Yes, please be sure that your dogs are vaccinated at the proper intervals with a vaccine that helps protect against the Bordetella bacterial infection, which is what most people associate kennel cough with, right? as well as a couple of viruses that cause the common cold-like syndrome in dogs, and that's adenovirus and parainfluenza virus. There is no vaccine for the other known canine uh, respiratory pathogens, except for canine influenza virus. We do know that canine influenza virus is circulating in dog populations in uh, South Carolina and North Carolina, as well as some other states. So vaccination against canine influenza is is another tool. What about should I take my dog to the groomer? Well, and so... I think just awareness that there is a risk for exposure to a respiratory pathogen when your dog goes out in the community and socializes with other dogs, whether it's boarding, dog daycare centers, dog park, going to the groomer, there's always an inherent risk with that activity of picking up a respiratory illness. At this point in time, I don't think that dog owners should really change their social schedule for their dogs, but they need to be sure they're not mingling with a dog that's ill looking. Okay. Don't do that. If you have a pack of dog owners with their dog. Mine (laughs) do. 
that yeah. uh, you normally walk with, keep doing that, or they miss a pack that goes to the dog park all the time together, I would continue those activities. And if you have questions or concerns, yes. please contact your veterinarian. We just have a few seconds left. How do people find out about you, Dr. Crawford, and uh, a parting message to us dog lovers? Information about myself and our program here at the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine is accessible through ufsheltermedicine.org. There's all sorts of information about me and our program and what's happening with this mysterious illness. All right, Dr. Crawford, again, thank you for being on our show. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, guess what? We're going to come back and talk to the creator of the iconic comic strip, Mutts. We're talking Patrick McDowell. So everybody sit, stay. We'll be right back. You know, people ask all the time, what do you do with the parts of the interviews that you don't have time for on the radio? Well, good question. We post video versions online on our Four-Legged Life YouTube and Rumble channels. So there you go. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and we've got to give pause and applause to our December digital newsletter, Monthly Winners. The prize? A full year of flea and tick protection from our good friends at Tevra Pet. Our cat winner was Teresa Maurer. Our dog winner was Karen Kachaki. Congratulations from Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And if you want to win our next contest, head over to fourleggedlife.com, fill out the quick form, and get yourself subscribed to our monthly newsletter. We've got winners every month. We'll see you there. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hey, comic strips, they definitely make us smile and laugh. But guess what? They can also motivate us to take action and become advocates for companion animals. That's why I'm so doggone happy, yep, I said doggone, to welcome on our show today the creator of the popular Mutt's comic strip, Please join me in giving pause and applause to Patrick McDonald. Welcome to the show, Patrick. I'm happy. I'm so doggone happy to be here also. <laughs> right. It's starting off good on the right paw, man. You know this strip since 1994. The Mutz comic strip has featured the day-to-day -day adventures of a dog named Earl and a cat named Mooch. Do the math. We are now celebrating the 30th anniversary your 30th anniversary in print congratulations patrick oh thanks goes by fast <laughs> <laughs> and you know some guy named charles schultz i don't know yeah he, he did it for 50 years so i have a yeah to yeah but he called you and your your creation one of the best comic strips of all time that that's a pretty good praise from probably the godfather of of comic strips for pets wouldn't you say you know, the nicest thing about becoming a cartoonist is I got to meet become friends with my hero, Charles Schultz. I mean, Peanuts and Charles Schultz was the reason I became a cartoonist. And when I showed him the strip and he liked it, I felt like I could have retired. <laughs> I was done. 
<laughs> but let's get back to the strip, Mutz. Because, you know, Earl and Mooch, they've been doing a lot of fun together. But you are using that as a platform to help animals in need. And for folks that have been faithful followers of Mutz, the comic strip, there's been this recurring dog. Yeah, dog. dog. The dog's name is Guard Dog. So kind of tee us up, Patrick. I'm so glad you're here because you've got a really good message about, you know, no dog should be tethered and all that in the backyard. But can you kind of walk us through? Because Guard Dog has had some issues, but you've had, you know, nice kids that have come by and 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 helped him out. So tell us about Guard Dog. Well, you know, Guard Dog started about a, I was a, about a year into doing mutts. Mm-hmm. And- I was thinking that maybe Earl and Mooch needed a neighborhood bully, you know, some kind of villain type of character that would give them a hard time that they would have to, you know, figure out. <laughs> yeah. So I started in my sketchbook drawing a big, tough dog. And, you know, using the cartoon cliches, I put a big studded collar on him and gave him teeth. <laughs> you know, so he was a little tough. Yeah. Just in my sketches, I drew a chain around him to make him look tough. And boy, as soon as I drew that chain around him, I realized I didn't have a villain. I had a tragic character. And I thought it was an opportunity to put him in the strip and get that message out there of, you know, that we should be unchaining these dogs. And I think and- if you ever did this as a little clip on uh, video, you should be the voice of Guard Dog. You really have that gravelly voice. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird for you? You were you were thinking one way, but you yeah. saw your work with your eyes and it, it hit a moment for you, didn't it? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. When you do a comic strip, you kind of go with the flow and see where you know, you do it every day. So you're never sure. You know, when you write a novel, most people know what the novel's gonna be about and how it ends. But when you do mm-hmm. a daily comic strip, it's more like life. You just take it one day at a time. And again, I thought Gardog was going to be this funny character that was the bully in this in this in the comic. And uh I put that chain on him and it just became a really important part of the strip. And you know, in doing much, I always try to see the world through the animal's eyes. And uh, that got me thinking about shelter animals and yeah. you know, Earl and Mooch have loving homes, but I started thinking about the dogs and cats that are waiting for that. So that became part of the strip. And then, you know. Car door with the chain around him became another part of the strip to get that. Definitely message. a symbol. Definitely a symbol. And we want to introduce to the girl, the little girl, Doozy. Tell us about her. Well, I was doing guard door for quite a few years. And then I I had these two two little girls are in the car in this cast, Doozy and Bushy. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I had Doozy starting to visit the guard dog. She would climb the fence and treat him kindly and bring him treats and she kind of adopted him mm-hmm. and he bonded with her right away and it became a really special relationship and boy i tell you after after uh you know now that we're doing the car dogs the free guard dog story we've been getting so many emails and there's so many stories of people that have similar fates where they yeah. try to help the dog in the neighborhood that wasn't treated that kindly and boy a lot of them had happy endings like the guard dog story has yeah. So well, you a- can tell us because this will air after the strip where you have Guard Dog have a good life. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to spoil it for you right now. If you've been okay. 
no, but it Doozy eventually gets our dog, and they be she be, he becomes her dog. Uh-huh. And, and I couldn't have been anything else. You know, I'm, I'm amazed as the as the story was running. You know, a lot of people on the internet were really worried about who was going to get guard dog or if guard dog was even going to live. You know, I, I never thought people would think that I would, would get rid of one of my characters that way. No. But, you know, I think, and people have mentioned it on the site too, but if you're familiar with, for better or worse, Lynn Johnson's strip. Yes, yes. You know, her strip is done in real time, so people age. And uh, she had her dog, Farley, actually pass away. And I think because of that, people thought there was a chance that I might do the same. So I think it oh. added, added a lot of drama. But I, I was a little surprised that they thought I would do that to guard dog. But <laughs> my intention was always that uh, Doozy and guard dog were meant to be together. So that's how it does end. Well, it, as a cartoonist, and I'm listening to you, you get some feedback, some guidance, some comments, some requests, I guess, from your loyal followers. And how does that shape your strips? Well, you know, with the guard dog story, you know, as a cartoonist, we're uh, six weeks ahead. Okay. So, you know, even if someone gave me a great idea, it was, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that is, you know, well, I'll tell you, I really haven't gotten any ideas from readers. I, I, you know, take pride in doing the strip myself, but I did, you know, the shelter stories happened because of the Humane Society of the United States. You were, um, was, you've been a director, we're a director many I was, years, I was, right? I was on the board of directors for like 12 years. Nice, nice. I think 12 years, I might be 10, 12. But I was starting to play with the ideas in my notebooks to have shelter animals in the strips to show the world from their point of view. But I wasn't really sure how I was going to put that in. And then I got a, a letter from the Humane Society asking me if on no, the first week of November is Animal Shelter Week. Yes. And they asked if I could do something for that week. And I thought, wow, that's a perfect place. That's how shelter stories start. Wow. Yeah. I mean, when you were a little child, Patrick, were you you a doodler? Or what got you into becoming a cartoonist? Were you secretly wanting to be a NASCAR driver or a dentist? I don't know. What were were some of your childhood maybe directions? You know, most cartoonists are born to be cartoonists. If, If you ask... You know, the cartoonists get together. We have an organization called the National Cartoonist Society. And I that's think a party place. <laughs> and, and 90% of them wanted to be a cartoonist since they were a kid. But that's true of me since I was probably four or five years old. And this one, I, I was once, I once gave a talk at a, at a veterinarian conference and I mentioned that story. And all the vets told me it's true with vets too that most it vets, is. when they're five years old, that that's what they're going to be. Did you have anybody in your family that was an artist or? You know, I was really lucky. My mom and dad met at Cooper Union Art School in New York City. And You got uh, it in your genes, man. Yeah, (laughs) one of them ended up doing that for a living. But boy, my siblings and I were definitely encouraged to to make art. And that's so important. I mean, they they were a real strong influence on me. Wow, that's cool. So we're speaking with Patrick McDonald. He is the creator of Mutts, and we're going to find out more about the guard dog story and also how we can help animals in need with people like Patrick after we take this quick break. 
you all know the drill. You got to just sit, stay. We'll be right back. Got dog? Got cat? One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way. Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, Wait, what? All classes are veterinary approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have Patrick McDonald. He has the comic strip Mutts, 30 years. And you know what I hear in your voice, Patrick? You're not tired of it. <laughs> no, like I said, it's it's amazing how fast it goes by. I mean, some days it feels like I've been doing it for 100 years. <laughs> but most days it feels like I just started. You actually have a couple of real guard dog stories with good endings. And I want you to talk. You've got uh, a dog named Bigfoot and one name. I love this one. Freddie Furkery with homage <laughs> to the queen. <laughs> Tell us about the role that you and Mutz, the comic strip, are playing to kind of get on this issue. Pets need to be unchained. They do not need to be tethered in the backyard. Yes. And, uh, you know, so I'm telling, I told the story in the newspapers, but included in all the strips was the uh, mutts.com backsplash guard dog uh, tag. And -hmm. if you go to mutts.com backsplash guard dog, we have information of what, how you could help. We've teamed up with a lot of great organizations and you can get a lot of information how you can help with legislation. Uh, You know, only 23 states in our country have laws about it. And they vary in, you know, how good the laws are. But we've got a long ways to go to make that a nationwide project. So 23 states currently have some type of law against keeping a dog chained in the backyard or some other place. That means there's 27 other states. We got a lot of work to do, don't we? Yeah, less than half. And I think if you go to our site, we link you to different organizations that could help, you know, explain how you could write to your congressman and, you know, try to get legislation in your state if it doesn't have it. You also have on your site a section on mutts.com called Friends of Guard Dog. And just wanted to do a shout out. You got tripods, sidewalk angels, PETA, uh, Dawn Watch, and the Michigan Pitbull Education Project. You got a pretty good team going there, Patrick. You know, those are the real unsung heroes. You know, all the people who work in the shelters and devote their lives to helping animals. And that was a big part of the guard dog story that, you know, not only Doozy's relationship with guard dog and freeing them, but to remind people of all the 
people that dedicate their lives to helping animals like that. So I believe the story was a big shout out to all those people. Is there something someone can do if they notice there's a dog tethered in a backyard that's being neglected? Any tips or guidance on what maybe someone could do? You know, small things like, you know, you can knock on the door and say, oh, I, you know, my dog just passed away and I have a lot of dog food left over. Do you that's want a good, it? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm taking my dog out for a walk. You know, would your dog like that? I mean, like there's little things you could do in a friendly way. That's the key, isn't it? You don't want to be aggressive towards somebody or are are being mad at them or yelling at them. You've got some little sneaky little beneficial approaches. Hey, I'll walk your dog or I got some extra dog food. I love that approach. And why is that a good approach? Because you're not accusing them of anything and they might be more open to your generosity. And then yeah. the main thing is the dog benefits. <laughs> The main thing at the end of the day, if you could do that, the dog will get some food. If you have even like hay, you say, I have some hay I'd like to give you to make a little bed for the dog. And I mean, most people, I don't think are going to uh, refuse free items like that. So that's a way to start the conversation. I know we live in 2023, Patrick. People should know that pets are very much part of the family, but there are places where people don't understand that amazing bond that we have with our dogs. What do you think's going on in the minds of some people just leaving a dog in a backyard, maybe even forgetting to put water, fresh water in that bowl and and having them chained? What what do you think's going on? Well that that's a bigger question. <laughs> what what's 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 wrong with humanity? <laughs> I don't know. A, a lack of empathy. I think we're so in our heads and there's there's so much distraction. You know that that's my main goal in much is just to encourage empathy and compassion. Good. You know, for all animals. I mean, I also feel like dogs and cats are the gateways to people thinking about the farm animals and maybe thinking again about what they're eating and how those animals are treated. But yeah, there's a lot of, unfortunately, humans have problems. Yeah, we have, yeah. A lot of, of connection. We really have to get to people's hearts. And you know, it's, it's funny that, and I think that's, you know, hopefully the guard dog story helped with that. You know, Jane Goodall was once, and I love this quote, Jane Goodall was once asked, you know, she was saying how tough it is to change people's minds. And she said, you really can't change minds. You have to change hearts. And she said, you change hearts with stories. And I, I feel like that's a powerful statement that you could, and that it, it's true that you tell the right story and it bypasses the brain and it just gets right to the heart. You're making a difference, Patrick, with the guard dog story. Hey, these real life stories are so touching, you know, and I think people are enjoying the fact that, you know, my little cartoon dog is finally getting a real home with Doozy. I love it. So just curious as a cat, why did you name the dog Earl and the cat Mooch and any <laughs> thing from the childhood that influenced for your ongoing character? Names were really tough for me. It took me a long time to come up with Mutz. I'll tell you, with Earl, my first name from him, for some reason, I was going to call him Zero, which I, I don't know why I was thinking that. <laughs> Believe it or not, I got to meet Charles Schultz right before I started Mutz. Okay. I was actually talking to him, and I was saying I was having a really hard time coming up with a name for the dog. Mm-hmm. And and Charles Shields told me, why don't you name him after your own dog, Earl? Because that was my Jack Russell's name. 
And I thought Charles Schultz might have known what he was talking about. You know what? If we're on Jeopardy, I hope that's a questioning because <laughs> you and I are the only ones that will now. Well, and the zillions that follow our show will know that answer. Well, what about uh, the cat? What about Mooch? You know, Mooch, again, I had some, I had many names in notebooks trying to figure out the perfect name. And Mooch is named after, you know how when a, when a cat gives you a little yeah. kiss with the head? My mom, when we had cats, my mom used to call that a mooch. And I just thought that was a tribute to my mom. So where did and you I'm, grow up? Where are you from? I'm from New Jersey. So mm-hmm. what's I, if I could, I'll tell you one more. Now that no one knows this yet as we speak, since this is taped, but people were asking what I was going to call guard dog. So you'll be the first to know. I, I thought about it for a while, but I, and I'll tell you the two reasons, but I ended up naming guard dog. Uh, Sparky. Sparky? That's Charles Schultz's nickname. All, all his friends called him Sparky. Oh, my God. So I thought there wouldn't have been a mud strip and there wouldn't have been a guard dog strip without Charles Schultz. So I thought that was a nice tribute. Oh, my gosh. What a full circle, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that in life and definitely a lot of that with mutts. It just, it's a crazy, wonderful world a lot of times. And I love that you got the uh, page a day calendar. Please, guys, grab his Mutz calendar for 2024. I'm helping you out. I'm an author, too. I've written 27 pet books. And from one author to another, anything I can do to help you, I will. Oh, thank you. Well, if I could do plugs. I, I've actually had two, really sure. had two really interesting books come out this year. I, in January, I did a collaboration with the Dalai Lama. He's kind <laughs> of a known guy. Yeah. That's another <laughs> crazy small world story, but wonderful world. But so called Heart to Heart, and it's about the environment, and it has some really strong messages about animals. But he has a quote in that book that's like my favorite quote. And I'm not sure I'll do it exactly right, but he says that maybe someday we'll get on our knees and ask forgiveness to all the animals. And so it's a, that's a pretty powerful, powerful. book. We're almost out of time. Uh, Patrick, is there a message you want to send to everyone? We are going to have everybody go to mutts.com. We have a Dalai Lama book coming out with him. But I'm so, so grateful and to having you on the show and to share the guard dog story and that there is hope in this world. But what, what would you like to say to folks? You know, I guess my message is like the Dalai Lama's message. Be kind, you know, compassion will win the day, you know, find it in your heart to have empathy for all beings. That sounds good. That's it for our show today, Pet Pals. Want to give a special pause up to my guest, Dr. Cinda Crawford and Patrick McDonald. Big thanks to all you great radio stations airing our show coast to coast. I really appreciate it. Until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week. 